This episode of Weekly Weird News is sponsored by Honey and by Bespoke Post. Do you ever worry that you might be boring? There are loads of ways to come off as unpleasant to other people. You could seem rude or annoying or you might stink. But being thought of as boring is particularly scary because it means that even though there's really nothing like offensive or wrong about you, you're just a void of excitement that people don't want to be around because being around you makes time move more slowly. And it's the kind of thing that most people aren't going to tell you to your face. It's, it's not even worth bringing up. Yeah, it's just not even worth mentioning. It's just like, okay, well. If you're a boring person, you don't get uninvited because you're boring. It's just that people forget. Yeah. It solves itself. Yeah. But you know what? If you're a boring person, you're enjoying that time of you being alone, probably. I would hope so. Yeah. Because that sounds like torture, just being bored by yourself all the time. True. But even if someone does uh, work up the courage and the initiative to tell you that you're boring, I mean, what do you even do about that? What in particular is it about you that makes you boring? Well, a new study out of the UK's University of Essex has finally gotten to the bottom of that question and revealed the most boring traits that a person can possibly have. The study, titled Boring People, Stereotype Characteristics, <laughs> Interpersonal Attributions, and Social Reactions, published in the Personality and Social Psychology Bulletin, begins with an abstract that reads as follows. Unfortunately, some people are perceived as boring. Despite the potential relevance that these perceptions might have in everyday life, the underlying psychological processes and consequences of perceiving a person as boring have been largely unexplored. We examine the stereotypical features of boring others by having people generate and then rate these. We focused on occupations, e.g. data analytics, taxation and accounting, hobbies, e.g. sleeping, religion and watching TV, and personal characteristics, e.g. lacking humor and opinions being negative that people ascribe to stereotypically boring others. Experiments then showed that those who were ascribed boring characteristics were seen as lacking interpersonal warmth and competence, were socially avoided, and enduring their company required compensation. Uh, these results suggest that being stereotyped as a bore may come with substantially negative interpersonal consequences. I could have told you that without the study. Yeah, the study only verifies preconceived notions. Oh, people don't like being around boring people. Wow. Mm -hmm. Great job, Einstein. Yeah. But yeah, that abstract lays out some of the key traits identified as boring, but there's, of course, many more. In fact, there are entire lists for you to look at and try to see if you, in fact, are scientifically boring. Uh, in the first part of the study, they asked people to basically just give short descriptions of up to three real or hypothetical boring people. Some examples with the study lists include... Al Gore, really monotone speech, no emotion. That's the first thing I thought of when I saw this article pop up in my feed Al this week. Al Gore. Because, I mean, maybe it's like because he's been mocked through entertainment uh, for the past 30 years. Yeah. But also, like, he is kind of the per the first thing that comes to mind when you think of uh, boring. He did manage to steal Larry David's wife, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one would be Ned Flanders in The Simpsons, which, uh, yeah. They then had participants generate lists of characteristics, occupations, and hobbies based on those people that they were thinking of, and then had other study participants rank how boring these traits are mm -hmm. from most to least. So uh, let's look at those rankings. For personal characteristics, at the top of the list are dull and not interesting, which are pretty much synonymous with boring already. But just below that, we see that not having interests or hobbies, not having a sense of humor, and not having opinions are key traits of boring people, which is, again, pretty obvious. I mean, you're looking at someone with a... They're just a blank slate. Yeah, they're a void. Yeah. 
Uh, then there's having a negative attitude, uh, being a bad conversationalist who talks too much and doesn't listen, and being narrow-minded and lacking in creativity. The only really surprising entries on this list are towards the bottom. Religious people are boring, or at least people who are overly religious, cling to religious ideology, and read out loud from the Bible. I mean, that's just someone you want to avoid in general. Oh, God. They, they might seem really interesting to other really religious people. I yeah. Mean, that's how cults are born. And also religions are born. To us, we're boring. Or to them, we are boring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Also, uh, people with really specific disinterests, like not liking pets, not liking science, and not listening to music. Yeah, this one, this one makes sense because it's like people who just have problems with they have like very specific negativities is just one of the most boring things you can talk to someone about like when they have like really specific health problems. I didn't see that on this list, but like people who have like really specific allergies that may not really be that serious, but they talk about them a lot and they're like, yeah. oh, geez, I can't have this and this and this is like nobody fucking cares. Shut up. Yeah. It's the least interesting possible topic of conversation. I... The, <laughs> This study, though, kind of makes me feel bad not to bring the fucking pandemic up again. But the pandemic has literally sucked any interpersonal relationships that would be naturally born through a communal setting. Yeah, Completely no. taking it you're, away. You're only talking to the people you already were talking about, and probably fewer of them than before. Yeah, it, like, like, you it's really easy like... to get disconnected <laughs> from people. Yeah. But that's the thing is you're also becoming self-reliant on your own boredom. Where it's just like, well, this is all I've got. I've got to make do. So the least you can do is, uh, if you if you are scared by this list, fucking get a hobby. Uh, yeah, that is what it really comes down to. Is just like make yourself interesting and, and become and, the person that you would like to admire. Is uh, that's just good advice for for life. I interest think. in things, whether it be hobbies, the news, sports, whatever, will make you interesting to someone because you'll have something to talk about. I think what it comes down but to is like... But then you might cross over into from being uninteresting to being annoying. Yeah. Which is a whole different it's category. It's a fine line you have to walk. Yeah. You're no longer boring people. You're actively uh, making them regret their time with you. The good news is the older you get, the less you'll give a shit about any of this. this that is true. That <laughs> yeah. is very true. People are... You are content and people are more accepting of being boring the older you get. But I know what you're here for. You want to know what kinds of jobs and hobbies make someone boring. Because that's uh, a lot easier. The, the, the previous list, you're like, well, that's not me. I'm obviously, I'm great. Yeah. Everyone likes me. Uh, let's look at the jobs and the hobbies. Uh, in terms of jobs, data analysts are the most boring. Sorry. If you input data for work, you're boring. And that's followed by accountants, people who work in taxes and insurance, cleaners, and people working in banking and finance. So it's mostly L's for office workers with one rare L for uh, manual laborers. Uh, yeah. If you clean shit for a living, sorry. Boring. But I'll tell you, I, all of the things on those lists, I have seen the results. They can be fixed with a little thing called cocaine. Yeah. Those, those accountants, banking and finance people, as soon as they punch out of that clock and head down to the bar with their friends, they are the life of the party. Sometimes while the clock is still running. <laughs> yeah. That's where you <laughs> run into problems. <laughs> Uh, going down a bit further in the list, we see religion, once again. Yeah. Uh, this time in the form of people who work religious jobs, like as a preacher or pastor. Hey guys, you don't remember me? I was your friend back in uh, middle school. Scott Tennerman. Or no, it wasn't, a, it, was a, it wasn't. It was the kid with diabetes from South Park. 
in the oh, first... Oh, Scott Malkinson? Scott Malkinson. Hey, you guys don't remember me? Yeah. I had diabetes. Mm-hmm. No, we don't remember you. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, this is just kind of a list of like most job categories. It's sort of like every job, minus YouTubers and podcasters, of course, who are not boring. It would never, ever appear on this kind of list. No, because look, we always... We are we inherently have... interesting. We talk, we talk four hours a week about things. Uh, although, okay, well... Performance slash arts is on the list. That, that's very vague. I don't know if I'm part of that. But it, mm-hmm. it's also dead last. So mm-hmm. the point stands. Of all the boring jobs you could possibly have, performing arts, the least possible, least boring possible boring job you could have. So uh, basically, if you are the computer rendering of that BBC Future of Office Worker... Uh, <laughs> yeah, the hunchback lady who has dark eyes. Yeah, that's that is like the visualization of the most boring person. So I went to church and I got shut up. Yeah, how uh. was church yesterday? I mean, that's people's entire lives revolve around that community. It is. Uh, I grew up around a few people like that, and they were boring. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with being boring either. By the way, yeah. This if, is you're, just... if you're happy with your own life, yeah. Just like, saying, if you're if you're concerned that maybe people don't like you and you would like them to like you, these are things worth yeah noting. Being a people pleaser, completely different. Yeah. But like the point, when I see Ned Flanders, I'm like, he doesn't care. He's got his life together. That man is. He's a happy person. He is happy. He is completely happy. And there's like episodes where you go downstairs. He has his own bar in his basement. It's, sure, uh, he doesn't have friends coming over all yeah. the time to enjoy it with him, but it's his. Similarly, on Parks and Recreation, the. Uh, Jerry slash Gary character. Yeah. Like everyone finds him boring. No one likes him. But when you finally, like five seasons in, get to see his inner life, you're like, oh, this man is the happiest person among this cast by leaps and bounds. Yeah, that is like a. Uh, it, it's, <laughs> it's a, a great payoff. Yeah, and that <laughs> it's, you know, writing comes from real life. And that happens in a lot of scenarios where you're just like, the person that is just a bog standard clean slate yeah. is having the best time of their lives. Yeah. Just not around you. Not around you. He yeah. doesn't care what you think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's going home to the biggest model train set you've ever seen. Yeah. Working lights and all. And, and you'd probably think it was a pretty sick model train set if you uh, stopped being so judgmental. That's why we like Jerry, because he never brings up his hobbies. Those hobbies might be great. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. He keeps them to himself. Once a year, he shows me a picture of his model train. And I'm like, holy shit. Wow. You made that yourself? That's impressive. And it never comes up again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, heading over to the list of hobbies, though, we see that the hobby of sleeping is <laughs> just a clear winner. Yeah, yeah, it's not a hobby. I'm just trying to speed run to death. That's all. Yeah, <laughs> just... I'm really into sleep. Yeah, uh, it makes sense because anyone who lists sleeping as a hobby is going to be e- exhausting to be around. And also, like, probably, almost certainly meets the clinical criteria for having, like, depression. Yeah. Uh, anyone who lists... Anyone who who makes sleep into anything more than a necessary bodily function has depression. I mean, naps, and are, they should naps get that, are pretty good. And they should get that looked at. Naps are pretty good. I, I'm not going to... I mean, gonna, I like naps, but I'm not telling anyone else about my nap. It's not something that is ever going to come up. Took the best nap. Well, I don't know. Maybe I have done that. I am boring. Anyways, uh, just after sleeping, it's... Are you surprised? It's religion again. Oh, my uh, gosh. If your hobbies include going to church, religion, and God... You are boring. Sorry. And uh, you go to go to church, then you go to the, the Hobby Lobby. Well, actually, it's closed on Sundays. Then you go get a bunch of uh, little projects to work that are all based on faith. You got your own little paint, paint your own little cross and everything like that. You're boring. 
You're boring. Yeah, people aren't uh, excited by your presence. After that, in order of boringness, it's watching TV, observing animals, mathematics, uh, legal drugs like smoking and drinking, studying, collecting, puzzles, computers, shopping, crafts, models, sports, writing, gardening, domestic tasks, reading, and gaming. That's right, gamers. You might be boring. But you're the least boring of the boring. Yeah, that was interesting. I, yeah. I, I did, uh, I mean, people that make drinking a big part of their identity, like, they're pretty high on that list. It's like, unless someone else is also into uh, drinking on the reg, they, they find you boring. Yeah. So use that as motivation or whatever you want. But uh, if, you're, if you're at the bar every day, uh, to your average person, not that interesting. Had a lot of great times at Barney's. Would not hang out with anyone that I hung out at Barney's with outside of that scenario. Absolutely not. Yeah. That's a that is a it's like church. You you don't choose your fellow parishioners. <laughs> You're there together and you share those moments. But uh, yeah, yeah. It's a drink. The bar is sort of like church for drinkers. Uh, the jo- to bring back to the Simpsons, they made the joke. Yeah. They when the end of the world comes, the religious people go to the bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. From the bar, go to church. So. so, yeah, based on this data, we can definitively conclude that the most boring person in the world is a religious data entry worker whose free time is mostly spent watching TV and sleeping. If that sounds like you, I am so sorry, mm-hmm. but you are the most boring person in the world. You are so boring, in fact, that another part of the study found that in order to actually spend time around you, the average person would expect around $50 per <laughs> hour in compensation. Uh, unfortunately, the study does not outline any remedies that the sleepy, God-loving data entry workers of the world can turn to to make themselves less boring. Fetish club. Yeah, <laughs> get into some, what, all that, that weird sex shit you've been suppressing. Find let, your local, let it out. Find your local goth night and go buy some sick leather and get to work. But yeah, I mean, if you just look at the personal characteristics list and do the opposite of all that, uh, that's probably a good start. Have interests, have a sense of humor, have opinions, have a more positive outlook, and be a better listener in your conversations. That's probably the most important one. Mm-hmm. A lot of people who, who can't make friends, can't meet other people, it's like, just just literally listen to the other person. Be like, oh, that's, that's interesting. Tell me more about that. Easiest way to make people like you. Is just ask people questions. Ask them questions about their lives and express genuine interest in it. That can be hard if the other person is boring, but uh, if they're not, yeah, that's uh, it's a great way, great way to not be boring yourself. And again, when it comes to hobbies, uh, as we've seen in the study, gaming is the least boring, boring hobby that there is. Mm-hmm. It will definitely lower your your boring score. So switch from TV. To gaming. Uh, Gaming's great. You got you could jump into a Discord community. You got people to talk to that are into the same exact thing as you. Yeah. And and this, there's truth to this. Like, at least on, like, social media, with gaming, every other couple weeks, every, talk everyone's about. talking about a new game. Right now, yeah. it's Elden Ring. I don't know anything about it. Meanwhile, the TV freaks still talking about The Office. Just yeah, still, still talking about The Office 15 years later. But have you seen the extended fans-only episodes on Peacock? Uh, yeah, I have. They're, they're fine. Yeah. It's not my life. You're only allowed to talk about TV within a two-week span of the episode airing. Anytime yeah. after that, you're boring. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, yeah. Take this information and go forth and improve your lives. Now, of course, opinion-based studies like this shouldn't be taken as gospel, because believing any gospel would make you boring. It, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Uh, now, for example, observing animals is not such a boring hobby when the animal 
is the Asian giant hornet, otherwise known as the murder hornet. There is nothing boring about the North American bee population being at risk of being eradicated by foreign invaders who tear them limb from limb. Nor is it boring how wildlife experts have had to track these murder hornets like needles in a haystack and have actually been somewhat successful at it. They literally attached tiny radio transmitters to captured murder hornets to track them back to their nests and then sucked up the entire nest into giant vacuums. Not boring. Very interesting, actually. Yeah. I'm a big fan of all those. If you think that's boring, I think you're boring. Uh, Multiple YouTube channels out there. Bee, oh, the bee people? Like the bee lady on TikTok? She's the bee like, lady's great. Luckily, I brought my own queen. The, the, <laughs> the bee lady's great. That's more ASMR soothing content. Yeah. What you got to find, I can't even name them because I follow so many of them, are the, the wild boys out there who get paid to uh, decimate hornet's nests. Oh, they go up into people's like uh, attics and, and shit. And just hoover them out. And like no gloves, no protection at all. They're and they have like, some... Your they, they make some sludge in their... Uh, uh, wet vac, where like when it goes in, it just like horrifically kills them, yeah. and it's just like they take it out afterwards, and then they feed all of them to animals. Yeah, it's they're the best protein-rich feed. Yeah, circle of they life. They go out and they spread them all out to chickens, and chickens fucking eat their corpses. I find that interesting. <laughs> YouTube and TikTok, but mostly YouTube for me, has exposed a lot of like formerly boring things that I used to just not care about yeah. as very interesting. Like even now, just like. Like, my parents used to take me and my brothers to, like, the plant nursery, like, once a month to look at plants they maybe thought, maybe wanted to buy. And it was, like, it was torture. It was, it was like, it was literal torture. And now I watch people just growing fucking corn on YouTube. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. But that's oh, the problem about that's finding... an interesting trick they did to grow that corn. Problem about finding niche <laughs> interests is one of them could be white nationalism. It could be, yeah. The, the algorithm could lead you into an interesting hobby or lead you into a hate group. Yeah. Just as easily. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, so not boring at all, actually, caring about uh, bees and their predators hornets. from the east. But yeah. despite multiple similar successes against the murder hornet threat, uh, the war continues. The only way to ensure the survival of the North American bee population is full eradication of the in- invasive Asian giant hornet, which sounds damn near impossible. Mm-hmm. But entomologists have uncovered a new tactic that might just work. And it's essentially a honey trap. Oh! What's colloquially known as a honey trap, Mm -hmm. which is ironic because the victims of murder hornets produce literal honey. This is figurative honey, a honey trap. Mm -hmm. Uh, Here's Gizmodo with the explanation of how murder hornets might be lured to their deaths with the promise of sex. Recently, a team of entomologists caught a bunch of virgin giant hornet queens Mm. and their drones from colonies in Yunnan, China. They swabbed the queen's sex glands and used gas chromatography mass spectrometry to identify pheromone compounds from six of the queens. The team's findings were published today in Current Biology. Quote, We were able to isolate the major components of the female sex pheromone, an odor blend that is highly attractive to males who compete to mate with the virgin queens, Mm. said James Ney, an entomologist at the University of California at San Diego and co-author of the recent paper in an email to Gizmodo. When these components or their blend was tested in sticky traps, they captured thousands of males. Such traps are also usually highly specific, as we found in our study, Ney added. We did not capture any other insects or even female giant hornets. This reduces their ecological impact. So yeah, I mean, this this very clever solution, which sounds like it works pretty damn well. Mm-hmm. It does still need to be tested further to see uh, like how far away a pheromone trap can be from its targets and 
you know, still be able to lure the hornets to their deaths and also to narrow down the specific pheromone recipe that will produce the best results. But hopefully in the coming months, as things warm up in the Pacific Northwest and the murder hornets go back out on the attack, wildlife officials up there can test out this new method. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see the results because setting up hundreds of traps just throughout the wilderness, hoping to catch a single lost murder hornet and then tie a radio transmitter to it, it's pretty tedious. It's a tedious waiting game. It was exciting the first time around, but it is it is getting a little boring now. Mm-hmm. It would be a lot easier to just be able to lure them to their deaths with promises of uh, hot virgin queens in your area looking for love. Yeah. Yeah. What? A hot virgin queen in my area? Here we go. Damn. <laughs> oh, geez, I'm stuck. This sucks. You smell that? Where's the queen? <laughs> uh, moving on to Ukraine news. Uh, Volodymyr Zelensky has been evacuated from the country. What? No, not the real Zelensky. Oh. He's still there. But uh, one of the most convincing Zelensky lookalikes has successfully fled Ukraine. And uh, has done so with the help of Vladimir Putin and Kim Jong-un. What? No, just a Putin impersonator <laughs> and a Kim Jong-un impersonator. I was fooled so many times there. Uh, political impersonators apparently look out for each other through thick and thin, <laughs> regardless of geography and language barriers. And you know what? That's great. I think that's awesome. So first off, some background. Howard X of Australia and Hong Kong is a Kim Jong-un lookalike who often shows up at major events around the world, sometimes joined by other impersonators, one of whom is Steve Poland, a Putin lookalike from Poland who has been featured in commercials and music videos over the years. Meanwhile, a man from Uzbekistan named Umid Izabev went viral in 2019 after someone took a picture of him riding the metro in Russia looking exactly like Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. And he also later moved to Ukraine. Yeah, this guy went viral because it was it just looked he, he looked like shit. Just exhausted at the end of his day riding the metro and they're like, Is that the president of Ukraine? Because that's hilarious. Yeah. And uh yeah, he turned it around. Got a gig as a, a lookalike. Could have been a stunt stunt double on servant of the people. We don't I know. know. So the story of how fake Zelensky escaped Ukraine is documented in a press release posted to Facebook by Howard X, the Kim impersonator. And uh, part of it reads Trapped in Kyiv since the invasion of Ukraine, Umid Isipev was extracted by members of the Ukrainian resistance as organized by Polish Putin impersonator Steve Poland on 8th of March 2022. Umid successfully crossed into Poland on 12th of March 2022. Initiated by Kim Jong-un impersonator Howard X from Hong Kong, he reached out to Steve Poland on 2nd of March after finding out that Umid was trapped in Kyiv and unable to leave the city on March 1st. With all public transportation halted in Kyiv, Umid was unable to reach the train station out of the city from his apartment as it was over 15 kilometers from the main train station and too dangerous to walk due to erratic gunfire and explosions. A few days after the Russian invasion, Umid was contacted by a Russian producer that he had worked with previously who proposed to him a high salary contract to make Russian propaganda. The producer was trying to convince that his life was in danger in Ukraine and offered to have him picked up in Kyiv by Russian soldiers and escorted to Moscow. Umid firmly refused the proposal. Through the personal contacts of Steve Poland, he was able to make contact with a member of the Ukrainian resistance in which carried out Umid's extraction. Umid was extracted from his apartment in Kyiv on 8th of March by first escaping to a safe house over 100 kilometers from Kyiv. Due to safety concerns, he had to wait until the evening of 11th of March 2022 before continuing his journey by car to the Shahini border checkpoint. Umid crossed over to Poland at around 7.45 a.m. on 12th March 2022. Wild. So maybe the deepfake was a black, uh, backup plan. I'm starting to think yes. Yeah, because they were like, don't worry, we got this guy. Hey, like <laughs> I heard you might be trying to escape. Also, like, uh, yeah, this, you would assume, out of just 
someone mistaking him would be a high value target for the Russian not military. Not safe for him. Yeah. Yeah. No. We got it. Uh, the part about being offered a free trip to Russia to help them make propaganda is pretty wild and, and impossible to verify. Though based on the Zelensky deepfake surrender video from a few days back, we can see why Russia might have wanted to have this guy around. Getting this guy out of Ukraine safe and sound was potentially a serious matter of national security. Yeah. Uh, anyways, what's especially wild about this is that Howard and Umit have never even met before in person, and none of the three men speak the same languages. So this was a pretty large coordinated effort involving people from all over the world. Steve and Umid have, however, met before and are now in the same country. Uh, so some some very surreal images of Putin and Zelensky hanging out like bros. They have emerged <laughs> yeah. from the situation and uh, might be the first step towards world peace. Yeah. The Putin guy, his Facebook's so funny because he, he just he's just a dude in Poland. But because of his lookalike gig, he gets invited to events all around the world. I think his most recent one was he was at some convention in Mexico, just cool. standing in a booth, like, dressed as Putin. Was this the same Kim Jong-un impersonator <laughs> that hung out with the Trump impersonator? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's that guy, and, like, I think he, uh, a few years back, he, like, went and banged on the door of the North Korean embassy somewhere, yeah. like, in Hong Kong. Just like, hey, it's me, let me in. He's an activist impersonator. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they are all very clear. They're like, we don't support Putin and Kim, we're, we're making fun of them. We're, yeah. not, we're not fans of them. We're making fun of them. Yeah. Cool. So, anyways. Uh, anyways, in related news, if you've been on the edge of your seat wondering how Russia was going to rebrand all of its abandoned McDonald's locations that it is now expropriating for itself, uh, good news. They put their just absolute minimum amount of effort into rebranding McDonald's. Uh, here's the old Russian McDonald's logo. Looks like ours, just different letters. Uh, and here's Dyadya Vanyas, or uh, Uncle Vanyas. <laughs> they rotated the golden arches clockwise 90 degrees and added an extra line to turn it into a B, which in Russia's alphabet makes the V sound in Vanyas. Uh, here's Washington Post. <laughs> in a March 12th trademark filing, Uncle Vanyas' yellow and red logo looks almost identical to the iconic golden arches of McDonald's, but tilted 90 degrees to the right. They form part of the letter B in the Cyrillic alphabet, which corresponds to the V in Vanya. Though none of these new restaurants have opened yet, the plan is apparently to take over existing shuttered McDonald's restaurants. The new eatery takes its name from the 19th century play Uncle Vanya by Russia's Anton Chekhov. Vyacheslav Vodolin, speaker of Russia's lower house in parliament, said last week that Russian brands should take over McDonald's locations. Quote, they announced they are closing. Well, okay, close. But tomorrow in those locations, we should not have McDonald's, but Uncle Vanya's, he said. <laughs> Jobs must be preserved and prices reduced. Officials have also said Russia can ignore patents owned by entities from countries that Moscow sees as hostile, while Russian President Vladimir Putin last week endorsed a plan to nationalize foreign-owned businesses that have left the country. He said Russia must, quote, introduce external management on departing companies and then transfer these enterprises to those who want to work. The moves paved the way for Uncle Vanya to fill the McDonald's void in Russia. But it's hey, not going to be the same. It's me, Uncle Vanya. It's me, your Uncle Vanya. Do you want to hang out in the playpen? Yes, uh, the McBorscht. Please, come. <laughs> it's yeah, cold is, soup. If it's nothing like McDonald's, then no one's going to give a shit. Well, they're using the same locations. Presumably, they can use similar supply chains for... Well, the ball pit is the same. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. You have your borscht, and you go in the ball pit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you are happy about the borscht and ball pit. The borscht is 75 Russian rubles, which is worth 75 cents. 75 uh, Robux. Yeah. 
So there's no word yet on how similar or different the menu items will be at Uncle Vanya's compared to what was usually served at McDonald's in Russia, uh, which was actually... It's always fun to look at McDonald's menus around the world. Yeah. The Russian McDonald's menu is kind of different from what you get at a McDonald's in the U.S. Uh, notably, they serve chicken wings. Cool. Pita paninis. Mm. And multiple shrimp options. I guess they love their shrimp. Yeah. But now that Uncle Vanya is on his way, the possibilities are, of course, endless. Uh, we're very excited to see what they do with the Happy Meal. Maybe the, the perfectly satisfied, not too happy. The content meal. Yeah. Not too good, not too bad meal. The survivor meal. Not great, not terrible meal. Mm -hmm. uh, also, now that Ronald McDonald's out, who's the new mascot? And whoever he is, the Uncle Vanya play that the restaurants are named after is a play by Anton Chekhov, and it does feature a gun. So, by the rules of Chekhov's gun, the new McDonald's mascot must be armed and must fire the gun at some point. Yeah. Otherwise, you are violating the rules of Chekhov's gun. I love it. So that's interesting. Every hour, he fires his gun in the air to let you know. They need to do like, uh, well, I was going to say Burger King, but actually Burger King kind of took a stand and they're like, no, we're we're still operating in Russia. Oh. Them and Nestle, I think, are the last two. Uh, Nestle has no morals whatsoever. Yeah. They don't but give a fuck. The Burger King, like the Sneak King, be yeah. a, a perfect flip with, uh, with uh, <laughs> Rasputin. Yeah. Yeah. He sneaks into your village and he steals all your food. Yeah. And he smells terrible. And he's a gamer. Yeah. So boring, but barely. Yeah. Anyways, uh, all the, the news coming out of Russia seems to be McDonald's-based. They, they're very upset about that. They are. So if anything changes, it'll probably be because of that. Can't, I mean, they can try all they want, but they don't know the secret ingredients of that secret sauce. You say it's just Thousand Island, but... Uh, can you prove it? Can you prove it? Yeah. Yeah. Their, their Hasselhoff is going to be Ronald McDonald shoving a hamburger into a tank. Just thunk. <laughs> and firing it. Yeah. Uh, moving on now from the Russia-Ukraine conflict to another conflict between neighboring countries that has mostly cooled off in recent years, but still provides plenty of opportunities to accidentally say some shit that's going to get you in serious trouble. So this, this past Thursday it was St. Patrick's Day, an Irish holiday that is popular here in the States because of all of the Irish immigration to North America in the 19th and early 20th centuries. But for most people, it's just an excuse to get drunk and wear green. Your average American doesn't know a whole lot about Irish culture or history beyond the really obvious stuff and maybe buying a t-shirt at Walmart that says, kiss me, I'm Irish, even though they're not. They're just white. Yeah. Uh, and that can lead to problems due to Ireland being a war zone for much of its modern history as supporters of Irish independence fought against the British who colonized Ireland. And for example, probably best if you don't order an Irish car bomb in Ireland. That phrase won't go over as well as it does in your typical Irish-American pub. No. Yeah. Also, I've never seen these ordered outside of a, like, college town's bar. Give me an Irish car bomb. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because it's a nasty drink. Yeah. Like, it's no not one... something you want to drink. Could you imagine being, like, I mean, I guess I could, I guess, but, like, uh, someone My in their 30s or 40s. Birthday, give me an Irish car bomb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the curdled flavor of that... Take two good things, Guinness and Bailey's, and I'm just going to chug it as fast as I can. Why is everyone looking at me like I'm boring? So anyway, uh, one of the biggest St. Patrick's Day celebrations in the U.S. happens to be in Chicago. And I've been to it, and it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, every year, the Chicago River, a big, big river, is dyed bright green. And this year, uh, the Chicago Bears NFL football team decided to get in on the local fun by posting this to Twitter. It's a short animation of the green Chicago River being dyed orange with the caption, 
That's more like it. <laughs> With the mischievous smiley face. Uh, happy St. Patrick's Day, Chicago. The Bears team colors are orange and navy blue. So, so dyeing the Chicago River orange seems pretty straightforward. But unfortunately, the color orange has a slightly different meaning in the context of Ireland and St. Patrick's Day. And the Bears basically tweeted out an unintentional anti-Catholic pro-UK <laughs> message on Ireland's national holiday. Of course they would. Whoops. Here's Yahoo Sports. The Chicago Bears earned themselves more than a pinch for a St. Patrick's Day tweet gone wrong on Thursday. The offending tweet came early in the morning. The Bears, like pretty much every major American sports franchise, had a post ready to go for the holiday. Unlike every other major American sports franchise, however, they found a way to unintentionally deliver a pro-Protestant message on the very Catholic holiday. They did so by taking an image of the Chicago River being dyed its traditional green and replacing it with Bears Orange in a GIF. How could that post be seen as inflammatory? Well, the Bears Orange could also be seen as Protestant Orange. The Irish flag is both green and orange to reflect its Catholic and Protestant population. And no issue is more politically sensitive for the Irish population <laughs> as the conflict between the island's Catholic majority and Protestant minority. You've probably heard of the Troubles, but whoever created that tweet for the Bears probably didn't have it on his or her mind. So you can see why the Bears quietly deleted the tweet within an hour of posting it, but not before scores of Twitter users screen grabbed the evidence. Looks like we're in a bit of troubles ourselves. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Meanwhile, Notre Dame is happy to have all the attention put away. The Fighting Irish, hey! You guys like that, right? Hey! It's uh, the most stereo... It's literally, like, green face. <laughs> it's a leprechaun <laughs> that's about to fight someone because it's wasted. You're named after a cathedral in Paris. Why are you the Fighting Irish? I've never understood that. I'm sure there's Pick a one. really good explanation for it. They, they should be the Notre Dame, like, Huguenots or something like that. Some some Irish reference. The Little Napoleons. The, uh... <laughs> yeah. The Notre Dame Croissants. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, we, it's, we've uh, got, still very uh, funny. <laughs> we've got the headlines half of the show coming up. But, first... Yeah. The episode is sponsored by... Honey! Mm. The easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. We all shop online. We've all seen the promo code field taunting us at checkout. But thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button appears and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site. And if Honey finds a working coupon, you'll watch the prices drop. If you're looking to build a computer or anything like that, it is Fantastic for that. It's great I saved for literally shopping. hundreds of dollars building a computer on a computer building website online with Honey. And you don't even have to do anything. Yeah. It just pops up and it's like, hey, you want to save a couple hundred bucks? Honey doesn't just work on desktop either. It also works on your iPhone now too. Just activate it on Safari on your phone and save on the go. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show. We would never recommend something we don't use. So get Honey for free today at joinhoney.com weird. That is joinhoney.com slash weird. And this episode is sponsored by Bespoke Post. As we come out of winter into spring, upgrade your daily routine with Bespoke Post and their new seasonal lineup of must-have Box of Awesome collections. Bespoke Post partners with small businesses and emerging brands to bring you the most unique goods every month. No matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered. From tasty craft beers and cocktails to cozy threads and camping gear essentials, Box of Awesome has collections for every part of your life. Some of Bespoke Post's newest boxes include the Brew Box for 
brewing your own beer, the brew box, <laughs> the drizzle box, which comes with some very nice oils and vinegars to dip your breads in,、mm-hmm. and the spot box, which includes only the best for your very best friend. Yeah,、uh, they sent me some、uh, non-alcoholic cocktail mix, and、oh. it's actually great. It's nice, a little nightcap, some, some virgin cocktail. Exactly. There you go. Um, so to get started, you can take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right box of awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a, don- a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel any time. Each box is valued at around seventy dollars, but you only pay a fraction of that pl-、uh, price. Plus, with each box of awesome, you're supporting small business. So ninety percent of everything that comes in your box of awesome is coming from a small up-and-coming brand, which is great. Get twenty percent off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code weird at checkout. That is boxofawesome.com code weird for twenty percent off your first box. Boxofawesome.com code weird. All right, now for the headlines half of the show, starting with one that only '90s kids will understand. Mike Tyson's cannabis brand is making ear-shaped weed gummies. It's because he bit off Evander Holyfield's ear in a boxing match、uh, in the mid '90s. This is the craziest thing. Like I, I, I wasn't in a boxing house when I was a kid, so it was, it was this thing. Like I woke up, I remember waking up like on a Saturday one day, and my dad's just like, "Yeah, so Mike Tyson, you know Mike Tyson? I guess he bit off a guy's ear last night." Looking at the newspaper, my parents did. I can't remember if this was the one specifically, but I vividly remember, like core memory, remembering my dad paying for a pay per view when I was really little. And having a big party around、yeah. it, so everyone's watching it, and the fight only lasted like twenty or thirty seconds, something like that, and all of them losing their minds because they like it was such a huge waste. My dad being so pissed when everyone left because it was such a big waste. That of was a big like that was sort of the death of heavyweight、uh, boxing was there was multiple fights sort of back to back in the late nineties、yeah. that were extremely short, just like super well, fast. And so I remember the result of that one. This is why I remember it is like they had another party. Because it was so negatively reacted to that they put the next heavyweight bout for free on Fox or something like that, like syndicated,、uh, available everywhere for free. So that was like a, a core memory. I can't remember if it was the Evander Holyfield one, but I remember this was like this was one of the cultural moments of the. He、90s. bit a man's ear yeah, off. Yeah, it was on it live was, television. Yeah, just massive. And、uh, I guess I guess the two guys are cool with each other. Yeah,、uh, Mike Tyson now he's just a, a stoner with a. With a podcast, and he he had Evander Holyfield on like a couple years ago, and it's like, yeah, that, that was pretty crazy, right? Yeah, I, I, when I bit your ear off, it's like, yeah, man, that was pretty crazy. It might have been that, but I also <laughs> I think I remember watching a documentary where they had him like together, just being、It's、like, so weird. Wasn't it crazy back then? Wasn't it crazy when he bit a part of your body off? And yeah, spit it out. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then like the 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 photos of the police intervening. He's like, like, what do we do? Yeah, because you're the police, like the Nevada police. Are, are minuscule compared to Mike Tyson.、And、like,、yeah. well, how am I sp- supposed to stop this guy who has clearly lost、I、his mean, mind? He was, and and he was.、Uh, Tyson was a fucking beast in his prime, and a fucking asshole. <laughs> like, yeah, and, and a bad person. Like, yeah, like he, it, he was. He was not a good man. He's done a really good job at repairing his image. Yeah, but he was not a great person. I mean, he he came from a a very yeah broken background. Yes, <laughs> it's it's.、Uh, I'm not forgiving him for being a.、Uh, A terrifying piece of shit, but、uh, it, what he's done with his life in recent years, I, I, I good for him. Yes, exactly. But、uh, yes, needless to say, now he he's selling gone, gummies. <laughs> yeah, of the of the moment. Yeah, just like when I bit off Evander Holyfield's、uh, ears. Except now it gets you a little bit high, <laughs> and they're delicious. And they're delicious. Unlike、um, that ear, which tastes disgusting. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, he's a notable stoner for many years now. And also loves pigeons and had that show. He's always loved those pigeons. He does. Because he had no friends. He had a very, very sad childhood. Yes. Yeah. His friends were pigeons. It's sad. So he made a living punching people in the face. <laughs> and, and just with the, the strongest punch. Just terrifying. Yeah, just ab- like the videos of him in his early Look matches, his, just yeah, like destroying people. Mike Tyson in his prime is like terrifying. It's like that guy's that guy's huge. He can't possibly punch that fast. And it's just like whoosh, whoosh, dead. Yeah. Uh, but let's move on to the next headline. World's largest potato denied title because it's not actually a potato at all. I think we talked about this. Is that potato that looks like a fetus? Oh yeah, like a full-grown baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's this is just like the bat winning the best bird contest in New Zealand. Uh, yeah, it's actually I. You're right because they sent it off to Guinness. They sent a sample to test the DNA of it, and they're like, "Oh, actually, it's not a potato. It's the uh, it's the tuber root of a species of squash." And it's like, potato, potato. Well, it's still huge. Actually, it's a potato. Find me a tuber root that's, uh, or a, a squash tuber this All right, size. well, give me the award for biggest squash root. Yeah. Yeah. And they said, like, the people who found it, they said they, they tried it and it tasted like a potato. So, this is bullshit. This is, uh, whoever's the previous record holder, this is like some Billy Mitchell shit. Yeah, for There's sure. Some, uh, some King of Kong yeah, somewhere, someone is is selling like uh, the sea, <laughs> like the uh, the the beginning of like they're slicing, splicing this the actual world's biggest potato, and yeah. it's ruining their business yeah. by having this new one upstage it. We got to do something about this potato. Yeah. But speaking of potato out niche gardening uh, accounts to follow, that Gerald, the old Gerald, man. yeah, the the man from from uh, Northern England, yeah. just, like, just a, a joy. Grow this, uh, I grow this ten uh, foot carrot. Cheers. Hope you like it. They made that man anyway, a fashion icon, too. The people from Balenciaga showed up, and they uh, they gave me some free clothes. It's pretty yeah. cool, right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, Gerald's Gucci now. So, yeah. yeah Gerald's great. He, he released a book somewhat in the past, like, year or so. I, I need to get it. But, like, yeah, his uh, just the most delightful Instagram account. I, I was following him when he wasn't big. When he got big, he still, like, he hasn't gone Hollywood. He seems to just take joy in he's, the fact that people care about vegetables as much as he does. He's like that train kid. Uh, Francis Bourgeoisie, yeah. Francis Borges. Oh, the one with the 360-degree camera? Yeah. <laughs> but he's like he's so pure and joyful. Like you can't Oh, my God, it. here comes a DX-21 from 1970. All right, kid. Glad you like it. I'm more interested in the vegetables from yeah. Gerald. Because also, Gerald, no, he doesn't put on airs. He's just like, grew this. Hope you like it. Cheers. But no, but also, I'm thing. not going to spell check anything I write. They did the same thing with that train kid, though, because he was just in like a Gucci or one of those other fashion brand things. He is uh, very okay. fashionable, though. All right, well. Gerald just okay. wears his overalls. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Boy 12 denies burgling London's top hotels and BBC's television HQ in alleged 10-month spree. It's a busy 12-year-old. I don't know whether he did it or not. Innocent Till proven guilty, but uh, it's a cool crime regardless. I mean, he's twelve. What he he didn't doesn't sound like he hurt anyone. Yeah, but this guy sounds also like this like, kid's got a lot of talent that needs to be fostered in the right direction. Uh, I haven't read this story in depth, but I'm assuming like like how much can a twelve year old boy burgle? Is he just going to the hotels and stealing oranges, shampoos, towels? Or is he like candy bars? Or is he going into the fu- <laughs> is he cracking the safe behind the check-in? 
I don't know. Is he going to the BBC television HQ and walking out with a $100,000 camera rig? Or is he taking, like, uh, pens and candy from the front desk? Yeah, I don't know. I need to know uh, the depths of this kid's crimes. Because he's a child, the details of the trial are sort of locked down because this is in the UK where they actually care about, uh, yeah, you know. Privacy. Privacy. (laughs) Yeah. For people who've not been convicted of crimes they're accused of. Like, is he spending all of his time cracking safes inside of hotels or is he stopping by a different hotel every day and taking a pen on his way to school? I don't know. That That is an important distinction. Either way, let him go. Yeah, let him go. He's 12. Yeah. Look, you're never going to get another good heist movie unless you have something to base it off of in real life. Yeah. So this kid could be the next big cat burglar. You don't know. Let him be free. Yeah, he's the next catch me if you can. Exactly. You're going to like the movie when it comes out. So just let it happen. Yeah. <laughs> Dog dumped at local shelter because owners say he's gay. South Park did it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, the owner did not like that this male dog was humping other male dogs, which uh, if you've ever had dogs, they sort of just hump everything. Yeah, I'm it's, sorry. Um, it's, uh, I've, I've, it's a biological reaction. I've mostly owned female dogs, and they like humping shit, too. Yeah. It's not because they're gay. It's because... We ripped out their uterus when they were small, and they are confused. No, no, no. It's because in they, they're missing their doggy strap-on. They are gay Yeah. for other female dogs. They're not gay. They're trans. Yes. They're queer. Mm-hmm. This is my dog. My dog is queer. Yes. You can't put it in a box. You address my dog as they, them. And we're cool. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't care. It, it, you got it, something to say, transphobe? <laughs> yeah. Uh. Anyway, next headline. Medical students surgically implants Bluetooth device into own ear to cheat in final exam. That seems like uh, way overboard. I mean, on the one hand... Unless the final exam was something having to do with surgically implanting something. So, yeah, on the one hand, if he did it himself, it's like, okay, give him the degree. He did surgery successfully, Mm -hmm. although not successfully because he was caught. Uh, Also, this is in India where they have... (laughs) I guess India had some massive scandal, like over several years where they had to invalidate thousands of uh, medical degrees. Didn't that happen in the UK as well? I don't know about that, but in India, like it was this whole thing where it's just like an entire decade of uh, MDs were called into question because of a just rampant culture of cheating. Mm. Um, And this guy somehow didn't manage to even get his degree when that was happening, he's been trying to get his medical degree for 10 years. And this was his last chance. So he had someone sew a Bluetooth into his ear and he still got caught. So probably best that this guy isn't put in charge of medicine yeah, for anyone. Say, so. say probably, mm, no, don't even give him a job at a pharmacy. Don't, don't really let this guy work around anything medical because... Yeah. Mm. He can sell Bluetooth, though. Yeah, be great. Give him a job at... uh, This one doesn't fall out. It's great. You're going to love it. Give him a job at the Bose store. Mm Mm-hmm. Sell those Bose. You run all you want. Shake your head around. Not falling out. Yeah. There you go. North Carolina superintendent apologizes after mock slave auction. They keep doing How many times do they have to to almost get away with this? Every fucking year in this this stupid country, uh, someone does... They're like, let's learn about racism. Let's teach the children about racism by doing the most racist fucking thing you can think of. 
And uh, this one, this one, weirdly, not a lot of details on it, but uh, it was basically it was like, all right, if you're white, uh, you get to you get to bid and sell, and if you're black, you are you are the merchandise. And uh, we're gonna do this so that we can learn about what it would have been like um, in the age of slavery. So we're all gonna be better off, more informed when we do this uh, live slave auction where we divide our classroom between the uh, the owners and the property. That will that will make us all more empathetic about this. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, it, it's, it's traumatizing and fucking weird. What are you doing? Yeah, the optics, not great. So, stop. Yeah, it's... Uh, they I, always do it in the most racist way possible. Yeah, too. I just don't fucking get it. Yeah. It's like classic. Put on, do it, like, listen, it was, I, it was the worst possible way to learn, but they literally just put on Roots. They said, watch this movie from the 70s. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that is fucking crazy. Yeah. This is horrible. I le- I'm actually learning a lot. Or if you're in the <laughs> fucking South, like, there are multiple museums and actual fucking places where this took place where you can go and show visually the history. Most of them are just wedding venues, though. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, we got uh, we got the Thompson. We don't really good. talk about the fact that this place was a slave plantation. It's just a pretty house. It's just a cool big house that happens to have a lot of agriculturally suitable land around it mm-hmm. that uh, may or may not have grown large quantities of cotton in the or first half of the 19th century by That's, laborers. I don't know. None of this should happen after that one viral video, the original viral video, where that the the black guy's explaining the field trip that he went on. Oh, where they, yeah. where they like, literally like, took him to they cotton They made us pick cotton. <laughs> yeah. Just like, what the fuck? Yeah. 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 Anyways, moving on. San Antonio couple says they found opioid pain pill in nachos. Restaurant manager offered $10 credit. If I can have the pill. That's still good there, right? Yeah. You didn't need it, did you? I'll take the nachos and the pill. Those go for a lot more than 10. Let me just tell you. <laughs> yeah. You know, the government's been cracking down. These things are hard to come by. But, uh, yeah, no, this is something that never even occurred to me. The uh, massive proliferation of opioids in this country is like, oh, yeah, it would not be that difficult for someone's uh, loose pill to just end up, end up in my food at a restaurant. Yeah. So that's something to... Better than fentanyl. You wouldn't even see it. Yeah. So th- this was this is like oxycodone or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's not good. You don't want that. But fentanyl, you definitely don't want that. Yeah. Spanish driver who ate hash cakes claims diplomatic immunity from non-existent state. I had no idea the sovereign citizen movement existed like outside of North America, but it does. Mm. And it fucking rules. This guy, this guy ate a bunch of fucking weed brownies. Went out driving, got pulled over, and pulled out a fake ID card from some Spanish uh, sovereign citizen group called, like, the Nation of Me, Myself, and I or some shit. Mm -hmm. He's like, I am free to leave. Yeah. Officer, uh, am I being detained? Mm -hmm. That kind of shit. I guess it's popular. There's been, like, a bunch of different arrests in Spain over the last couple of years of people... uh, what is, pulling this shit. What is, like, I guess the hash cake makes it funnier because he was probably fucking really Yeah, he's probably really a, high. a danger to others on the road. But, but he, even if he'd gotten pulled over without being high, he's still going to pull the same shit. Like, yeah. It, the weed 
probably didn't cause him to become a sovereign citizen, although it might have helped. Yeah, he did like the cool part and the, the dumb part about being libertarian, where he, <laughs> he took drugs, but then uh, drugs that are perfectly safe, hash, but then uh, drove on yeah, them, which is not which what, is not cool yeah. <laughs> and should and is illegal for a reason. Yeah. And and then, uh, you know, made an ass of himself when he got pulled over by uh, telling the police that they had no authority over him. And he's actually uh, got a, a little document that says um, he's a citizen of a nation of one. So you can't really do anything. Wow. You're free to go. Yeah. Competitors sue gas station for setting prices too low. Hmm. Weird. Yeah. It's strange. weird that that can, you can, you can sue for unfair competition if another gas station is simply not choosing to play your price gouging game and mm. is, uh, is, is selling gasoline for prices that are better than yours. Almost makes you wonder if something nefarious is happening behind the scenes. Yeah. So this was a gas station. They, so their argument is like, they're like, there's a Costco down the road. Our gas is 10 cents higher than the Costco, but you don't need the Costco membership to come to our gas station. Mm -hmm. So that's our business model is uh, people who don't want to wait in the Costco line and don't want to join Costco. Mm -hmm. But it's across the street from a bunch of other gas stations who are losing business. There's a big old line outside the cheap gas station. What about uh, where my parade? And, uh, and they're suing. Yeah. Immediately. They called up their lawyer like, they can't fucking do this shit. Can they do this? Uh, well, I guess the invisible hand of the free market did they, did they not doesn't get the, work. Did they not get the memo that we're all jacking up our prices together? I, for one, what the fuck? am astonished that the invisible hand did not smack those other gas stations into, into shape. Well, then the invisible hand is the, the courts coming through. Be like, <laughs> yeah. Stop it. Yeah. Hey, we're all getting rich. What are you doing? Hey, you fucking idiot. <laughs> you want to be a millionaire? <laughs> what are you, stupid? Ugh. Anyway, final headline. Oh, my God. Ivermectin didn't reduce COVID-19 hospitalizations in largest trial to date. They really, wow. really looked into this. They were it's, like, fine, we'll fucking do a huge study to see if there's any shred of evidence. Weird. Yeah, it's like every six months, they're like, all right, we'll do it again with an even bigger study. Yeah, no, uh, literally none of what you claimed is true about this is true. Like, uh, do it again. Like, all right, fine, we'll do it. We could be using our medical resources for literally anything else, but we will double, triple, quadruple check whether ivermectin works. And uh, yeah, this is like the fourth or fifth round. They're like, yeah, no, it still sucks. Still doesn't do jack shit. Which is great to know, but also isn't going to change the minds of anyone who already thinks that it is the mir miracle cure. Yeah. Despite this evidence and the evidence of people who have contracted COVID and died even after winning fucking court battles to use ivermectin. I mean, people are going to do what they want to do. I guess. Freedom, baby. God bless the USA. Anyway, that's our episode. Uh, last chance. It's really, it's coming up next weekend, but... Uh, yeah, it's a, uh, less than a have... week away. Or... No, two weeks. Yeah, okay. Yeah. April 1st. It's April 1st. No fooling. We're yeah. going to be in Austin at Stateside Theater, and you can get your tickets by going to the link in the description below and buying them. Yeah, we got some fun ideas. Some, yeah. some local-themed entertainment for you. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, do Mostly that. Mostly just going to be us chit-chatting and answering questions. We're coming to the South. Yes. Right after Chapo Trap House finally did it. Oh, yeah, yeah, in the wake. <laughs> in the wake of Chapo Trap House. Uh, but meanwhile, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, news dump about Pete Davidson not, uh, going, to not going to space. 
and Josie Smollett not staying in jail. Mm -hmm. And then the most recent tech news day about deep fake Zelensky surrendering for fake, not for real. Mm -hmm. Check those out. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.